Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Dave, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with Lee Robinson. Lee is the VP of Developer Experience at Vercel. And if you are at all involved in the React space or Next.js space, you've probably seen some of Lee's videos. I've thoroughly enjoyed them. I learned from them, and I am really excited to have you on the on the show today to talk all things uh, Next.js. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> There's so much we can talk about from React to Next.js, and uh, I'm happy to get into it. Yeah, totally. And it, and it's an exciting time. So we are recording this right around the time of your big conference. And you and I were talking just off camera a little bit before about, um, you know, just the size and the scope of uh, the next JS conference. And, and it's coming up. So I think what we can do is in this episode, We'll talk a little bit about this space, this technology, you know, what's got you excited. Uh, and then if you're up for it, we can kind of in the second part share everything that's new and coming out that uh, mm -hmm. developers would be excited about. Does that yeah, sound absolutely. good? Okay. Yeah. So why don't we first just tell me a little bit about yourself. What does it mean to be the head of developer experience? How did you get on this the developer journey to where you are now yeah absolutely so i've been a developer for you know over 10 years now largely the majority of my career working in you know more product focused engineering roles but then i discovered this you know this little thing called devrel which i really liked because it was a combination of a lot of the the intersecting technologies and areas that i liked whether it was design or engineering or you know, talking to customers or talking to our community. And really DevRel felt like just a great fit for me. So I kind of started to formally do this when I joined Vercel. And man, I've been here for over two years now. It's It's been a, a great journey in, in growing the larger Vercel and Next.js community. And uh, yeah, now I serve as a, the VP of developer experience, really just trying to give our our customers and our community the best possible experience with everything that we do. I love it. And you definitely have that advocate, that DevRel uh, passion and excitement. It comes across in your videos. And I could, if there's anything I could say, anybody listening who's like in this space, it's okay to do this for your whole career. Like I got the bug for this in 2006 and I have not done another role than uh, advocacy <laughs> since then. It's just, yeah, you get paid to learn new stuff. And, and I feel, you know, I, I, and before that I was doing you know, nine to five cubicle gig as a coder and for someone to come in and be like, look, we just made this tech and it's so much easier. And now you can get your job done so much. Like some days I just feel like giving people gifts, you know, and that's always that, that feeling Absolutely. that advocacy has, has given me. So, uh, Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a fantastic Thank job. You. So let's Thank talk you. a little bit about the let's talk about the conference first, and then we'll go into exactly Next.js. Just because I don't want people to miss when this is happening and and what's it what's it's all about. Okay. Yeah. So Next.js Conf it is actually the third annual conference. Um, it's a global community conference, and you know for the first two years it was online only, just bringing together our our community of developers. Um, and let's see the first year we had, oh, man, there was quite a few, I think we had 40,000 people attend online, which is pretty wild. And wow. that's kind of just went up since then. 
this yeah. year, which is really exciting, we're continuing the tradition of making it you know, online everywhere for developers around the world. But we're also having kind of in-person events as well. So we're having a, a kind of a main event in San Francisco, some watch parties in other cities like New York and London, really just trying to bring together the community as, as much as we can. I love it. And where can folks sign up? Yeah, at nextjs.org slash comp. You can slide up, get a free ticket to the virtual event, tune in, see the keynote, hear about all the new releases and product announcements and community updates we're going to make, as well as, you know, just hear from the Next.js community leaders. We have some amazing speakers who are giving talks. I'm super excited about uh, at nextjs.org slash comp slash speakers. There's a full list of speakers, too. Uh, I'm personally super excited to to hear from Kelsey Hightower. I always love talking with him. Just a amazing yeah, person, yeah. amazing speaker. Yeah, I've chatted with him before. Off, uh, never in an episode, uh, off camera, and just a, a amazing human being. That's awesome. I and I signed up. I wanted to make sure people hear, you know, the 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 URL to sign up, and I'll add it to the show notes. But I signed up. It was so cool seeing the little ticket. In my browser, it was like, uh, oh, I don't want to spoil anything for you. But when you sign up, it's, it's pretty <laughs> cool what you're what you're doing. <laughs> so why don't we baseline, you know, we do have a mix of developers that listen to this show, but a lot of the developers are in that, you know, web development, client side uh, space. Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, Next.js and, you know, what Purcell is, is doing and how you're all involved mm -hmm. with this and how uh, developers, um, you know, can, can integrate with it. Yeah, absolutely. So Vercel is a platform that really helps front end developers create and put content online the moment they're inspired. So we want to make it as easy as possible to get stuff into the world uh, from your local computer to a live URL. And we're also the creators of a web and react framework called Next.js, which builds on top of react, which many developers are now familiar with really Vercel yeah. as a whole, you know, we, we want to support and help all these frameworks grow and be successful and have a place to, you know, easily deploy them with zero configuration. But we have a, you know, we have a particular affinity for Next.js because we're also the creators of it. And we really think that it's, it's an excellent way for developers to build a fast application that can, you know, start small. Maybe it's just a, a little website for your, your personal blog all the way up to some of the largest websites in the world and still have that great developer experience. For folks not familiar with React 2, why don't we talk a little bit about that? I like what I really love, you know, for folks not in this space, and it and it's funny, now here comes my when I was a boy uh, story. <laughs> but when I was first <laughs> building dot com web websites competing with with Amazon is uh, for a company macwarehouse.com and microwarehouse.com mm -hmm. you know, the idea of CSR and SSR right this this whole client side rendering and server side rendering uh, and then I think at the time Microsoft was releasing something called page caching inside like at the time active server pages was an ISAPI filter basically off IIS and then .NET came out and they had this and, and so it's static site generation right back then and as things changed, you know, how many post packs were you getting? How did you actually navigate, uh, you know, through forms and things like that? And mm -hmm. nothing compared to what we have on the, on the web today. But really this whole problem of the better experience that you create client side, the less SEO you had server side. And despite, you know, all the, uh, the better frameworks that were coming out there, it just continued to be an issue. And I feel like, Next.js is just square in the middle of that. 
you know, it's just, it's got a bunch of components and it's got a bunch of stuff out of the box that just kind of solves that problem, right? Where it gives mm -hmm. you the speed of the client, um, but it gives you back all this SEO. Yeah, maybe to zoom out to your point about like, even like why React, I think for a lot right. of developers, right. you know, you've, you've got different kind of cohorts of developers. Maybe you have some who, you know, are just wanting to build good old fashioned HTML and CSS. You know, you can, of course, still deploy that to, to Vercel if you want. You also have a group of developers who kind of have got um, deep into this client side, single page application world that React kind of helped really bring to market to create these rich, interactive experiences on the web. Um, you know, whether it's a, a dashboard app or, you know, some kind of really immersive experience. You have a lot of developers who really love that, too. And they wanted to take their React app, their their way of writing their code that is centered around components. And they wanted to apply that to everything, really. They wanted to do React on the server. They wanted to do React for their right. marketing pages. They wanted to do it everywhere. And really what Next.js allows you to do, you know, it was released in 2016. And at the time, it was kind of a contrarian take to be like, well, we like React, but we want to also keep the benefits of server rendering and have great SEO and yeah. really focus on on performance, we still love the client side. You know, we still love rich, interactive client side experiences, but we also wanted to keep some of the, you know, the PHP inspired world as well too, which we take actually quite literally with, uh, you know, drop a file in a folder and create a route um, as well too. So Next.js tries to bring all these ideas from the the old ways of building the web combined with the new ways for the building the web and just try to align with where the web platform as a whole is going to make it easier to use even underlying web APIs or underlying React APIs and just put a nice, you know, a nice tie over all that with a great developer experience. Yeah. And I, I feel like for many developers, you know, React was their first exposure to declarative, um, you know, versus an imperative way of, of just writing all that, the HTML. And, and that whole idea, <laughs> that's what changed my career as a developer was gosh this goes this goes even back to small talk but everything is an object right but everything visually is a component and all of these components even though it's on web which inherently right it's it's stateless uh at the core with you know posts and gets and all of that but somehow now we have these components that are objects that can have properties and i can have state and then from that i can have kind of this event driven uh, way of, of looking at my pages. And I felt like React really created, it was just a powerful tool for developers to have that in a browser, mm. uh, regardless whether it was a browser on a laptop or mobile or anywhere, right? It's just exciting. And it, and it felt to me like a modernization of all of those concepts with the power of the, the JavaScript community behind. And But the same way in the early web, I kind of saw this in the React community as just spaghetti code, things all mismatched, all in you know mm -hmm. HTML, all over the place. And when I started to just see with the Next.js, it's even just, you know, the fact that it can be compiled, that I felt like there was this separation of, okay, this is development, this is production, right? The, the idea of a developer of now, like I'm now compiling this and I'm creating a, a build, right? And even if it's server side, uh, you know, like <clears> there's <throat> that click in my brain that I'm, I'm actually creating this static uh, but through a compile compiler though, versus the first time it hits a web page or, you know, firing off a Lambda function, uh, something like that. And I felt like Next.js also was the first time I was bringing in node <laughs> into that yes. kind of react way. Right. And how, 
how was that journey all for you? Is that, you know, how does that overlap with the, the emerging trends that you're now seeing in front end developers? Cause you are right. You know, it's like, once you're writing this on front end, you want it on back end and, and there's this blur, um, between yeah. all of those, you know, kind of tiers. Yeah. Well, to your, to your point about react, I think I would recommend for anybody listening to go check out Pete Hunt's original talk, kind of introducing um, some of the React ideas. I think it was called Rethinking Best Practices. And it was really interesting. Oh, nice. I'll make sure I it. Yeah, at the time it was like, wait, you're going to re-render like everything? You're going to redo all the work every <laughs> single time. And they're like, wait, right. are you sure you want to do that? Yeah. So it's a very interesting talk to see how that pattern is actually held up pretty well of course now moving forward but yeah to your to your point about how did node kind of play into this with the introduction of, of next.js i think the if you zoom out the larger theme is like as react grew as the front end grew as the size and, and complexity of applications was being built on the web there became this new class yeah. of front end infrastructure and tooling issues that people had to worry about the webpacks and babbles of the world and for a lot of developers you know they didn't really want to do that. They wanted to write product code. They wanted to write, you know, just some JavaScript and write some CSS and, and call it a day, right? They wanted to focus on building the features. So Next.js and other frameworks like it were providing solutions to abstract away a lot of this front-end infrastructure, stitching together all these different tooling, right? Now, yeah. at the time, 2016, Node.js was a, you know, a very common way for developers to write JavaScript that you know, could run on the server and you could be able to kind of server render your React applications. I think the key thing that Next.js has been doing along this journey from 2016 to 2022 today is helping the web community kind of evolve and take them on this journey as new tech comes out and as the platform evolves. So in 2016, it was Node, right? In 2022, we're yeah. actually getting a lot better uh, alignment with the web platform itself and the infrastructure that these applications are running on. And that's why you might hear people talking a lot about Edge. Now, for the context of this discussion, I think Edge is really important to think about it as kind of a subset of Node.js. Node.js, you can do a lot of amazing stuff. But with Edge, you're making this trade-off of, you know, actually, I only need just a little bit. And because I need just a little bit of that runtime, I can get some really amazing improvements in the performance and scalability of my application when I actually deploy that code out to some infrastructure. What do you see? You, you, you got me thinking around, you know, the, the, the future in this space, right? And obviously React, super powerful building websites. You mentioned Edge and kind of the difference that that can make. Where do you see, like, where do you see this growth going? Like, where do you see two to three years? And I, what I love about your product, it, it, it's, it's open source. It's exactly what you said. You're, you're, you know, you're lock and step with the web community. You're enabling experiences. Where does Lee see all of this kind of headed? <laughs> without, when we'll talk in a little bit about some of the new stuff that you built, but just without spoiling mm -hmm. anything until the conference, where do you kind of see that <laughs> yeah. the, the the future of this? <laughs> I'll try to. I'll give my uh, shortened version without doing too many spoilers. But I think the the larger theme is there's kind of a return to the web platform itself and also a return yeah. to the server. And it's really taking advantage of the best parts of what the server can provide for you and the best parts of what the client or the browser can provide for you. Developers love the 
SEO benefits, the performance benefits they get from, you know, good old fashioned server rendering, but they also might have requirements to build highly interactive kind of complex client side applications as well, too. They want to have their cake and eat it too, essentially. And what Next.js is trying to do is really enable that and help developers on that journey. Now in the past, you know, prior to some of the, you know, newer announcements and features that we're we're making in Next.js, this was possible, but not as easy. And what we're doing with our future innovations is kind of shifting this to be more of a server first model that can still do all of the things that developers love Next.js for today, like still making static pages, which can, you know, be very fast, but also recognizing that for a lot of these large applications, developers are choosing to build on Next.js and React with, they have this dynamic personalized requirements. They're trying to serve up an experience that's very unique to the visitors that are actually on that site. And maybe a static only page wasn't cutting it for them. So we're trying to make sure we can address both needs of both of these developers. Yeah. And I think, you know, as someone who was involved in that space years ago, different tech stack, but you could tell me if this is still a similar problem. I remember as you were moving from client to server side, it was great, the performance, everything on server side, but you're like, I just wish I could change one little thing like dynamically at runtime. Like if I'm, if I'm statically generating these, I just want one little part of that page updated. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. you're, and so it's like that cake and, and, and eating it, it too. Is there things that Next.js does where like you can, you're starting to get into that gray area of I'm almost incrementally building some of these things so that I'm getting oh, yeah. more interaction than just a straight static page. And it kind of helps with some of those solutions. Yeah. I mean, to give you a little context on the journey of Next.js, when we started, yeah, please it, do. Was, it, it was kind of server rendering first, but the server rendering, you were still having to send additional JavaScript to the client to actually make right. the application interactive when it got there. So while you got some of the benefits of using a server, like still sending that initial markup, the initial HTML, so that your, you know, your crawlers, your Google bot can still index that for good SEO, you still had to send this client-side JavaScript that scaled right. as your application grew. So you throw more components in there, you're going to have more JavaScript, right? right? And it was doing, so then, and Next.js is doing like minification and bundling and all that stuff too, even even absolutely. with that to make the payload. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, we can still optimize it a bit, but you have to think about this on the longer life cycle of your application. Product yeah. team comes in, engineering team comes in, they add a new component, another component, maybe a new nav bar, new sidebar. Every single one of these just adding more and more and more JavaScript. So I think there, there's two trends here. One is less JavaScript, which I'll get to. The other I want to talk about <laughs> is this fork in the road between 2016 and today, which was like, almost this detour of, well, what if we could just make our whole site static? Wouldn't that solve all of our problems? There's all these operational, um, you know, things that we don't have to consider because it's just a static page. I just throw on a server somewhere, throw it behind a cache, right? Problem over. Well, the over rotation to that led to a lot of instances where people had a completely statically generated site that took two hours to build because there was... (laughs) 60,000 pages or whatever that all had to be pre-generated and and it was just not a great developer experience, right? So the the step after that that Next.js kind 
kind of tried to help solve with the the static site generators kind of left was being able to defer building some of those pages, which is kind of what you were saying. It's like, Hey, I like some of the benefits of static, but I only want to do it for a subset of pages. And maybe I only want to do yep. a subset of that actually during my build. So Next.js has this awesome feature called incremental static regeneration, where you can basically have complete control over on a per route level, essentially, which routes you want to render from the server, which oh, routes nice. you want to be static which ones you want to pre-render ahead of time, which ones you want to pre-render when a visitor hits the page. And all of this to help the developer optimize for, hey, do I want the shortest build times? Or do I need to have some kind of complex interactive application that's personalized to my my visitor? So that's also been a part of this journey. Got it. Yeah, because you think and you think about different types of data too. you know, like an auction site is obviously you can't have a two hour static build when you're in the <laughs> yeah. final countdown. Yep. You know, somebody you can say, well, people can't see on the video camera. Somebody is like into retro computers and I'm often, you know, at the last 10 seconds on a bid on eBay trying to get a piece of hardware that you can't find anymore. Um, you know, timing is is of the utmost importance mm -hmm. there. How is that? How does that change how developers build? software right now obviously developer experience is important for you all mm -hmm. and you know we we've got here we're, we're sitting in the end of 2022 you're about to have a, a a big conference how does the mindset of a developer need to change or what i should say what things should people really be thinking about right now as we go into next week of how they can take advantage of both of these kind of scenarios i think the big thing going into next week is that Next.js is going to bring you along for the ride as the web platform and React evolve and give you these new tools, but it's not going to be kind of forced on you. Like we really believe in incremental right. adoption and we really believe in helping people take that step when they're ready. So, right, we're going to announce some awesome stuff next week. Does that mean that you need to use it right away? Absolutely not. I think it's really, really important to help developers feel confident with their application today, be able to upgrade to you know the latest version of Next.js and have things still work and have, you know, not introduce a bunch of breaking changes, but still be able to, you know, maybe I want to try out some of this new stuff, just one page or just very small amount, just right. try out and see how it works, but not actually have to take this time to move my entire application over or adopt some kind of new architecture patterns or, you know, have any drastic steps. So I think what we're going to talk about next week is going to be really exciting. It's going to really shape the future of how developers are building with React and Next.js. But the great part about it is you can kind of take that on as you're ready and as your application or product team is ready. I love it. And I am a fan of incremental adoption. It's the most common scenario for AWS customers too. You know, it takes a, yeah. it takes a rare rare bird and rare scenario to do what Jeff did at Amazon and mm -hmm. just completely blow up the monolithic architecture and say, oh, we're going to move everything to microservices versus let's pick the yeah. top 10 that are used the most out of these thousand. You know, um, I love that kind of mind fit. Where in the meantime, where can folks find you online? Yeah, um, you can find me on my website, leerob.io, which I think has links to, to my socials, but I'm, I'm on Twitter. You can, my DMs are open at leerob with three E's. And yeah, feel free to, to reach out there anytime. I love it. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to uh, discussing all the announcements. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much.